Welcome to episode 162 of the Various Assembly Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is bundled up like we're outside, John Scott Sloat. We might as well be outside, Matt. It's so cold in here. We might, we'd, at least we'd have the sun outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so not only do we come into the studio today and it's freezing cold, but um, equipment's moved around. We've got these new mic stands. They look like old mic stands. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of blocking our view of one another. <laughs> yeah, I a think, little weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's just – I feel like I feel like you're Wilson from Home Improvement. Yeah. You can see like the – Upper half of my face, yeah. like nose up, basically. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yes, indeed. Um, I mean, we're we're not the only ones who use this studio, so I supp- and it's not even our equipment, so I suppose we shouldn't probably complain too much. It just is different. Yeah. You know, I think- It's not wrong, it's different. An email was sent. We knew this was happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, an email that was not pointed. Pointed is the wrong word. Um, but requesting information about who might have moved equipment. Mm-hmm. And we are not the guilty culprits. I barely move equipment when I'm in here. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So what's been going on, John? We've not been in the studio for a while now because yeah, two weeks. Um, our last episode was the live episode. That's right. Yeah. And That's right. As, as an expression of his gratitude, our dean of chapel, Brett Mancarelli, uh, took us out to lunch today. Yeah, went to Okanali. Yes. Good burger. One of the better burgers, I'm going to say, in the state. Yeah, I can go with that. Um, I can go with that. And so, yes, I had a giant burger and am getting sleepy right now. Yeah, you had the buffalo mac and cheese one? The buffalo you? mac and cheese with blue cheese and jalapenos. Okay. Yeah, that's that, that has food coma written all over it. <sighs> yeah, it was just... It was basically eating something, no, knowing that I'm going to be less productive this afternoon. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Well, if you would like to uh, reach out to the show and tell us about your favorite burger, mm. you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. And you know the routine. I'm going to ask you one more time. And I'll do it again next week, too. We would appreciate a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you access the show. Yep. I don't so, think we've had one in quite a while. We have not. We have not. So what was that? Uh, I was trying to log on to the podcast app to see if we had any reviews, and I accidentally hit play on the podcast we are currently we our podcast but that that's a very meta thing right yeah 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 okay boy that was Play, weird playing a podcast while recording a podcast okay that's that's a bold move that was my bad yeah yeah i'll take full responsibility for that one <laughs> okay anyway you ready to talk some sports i think so now i'm just thrown off so. yeah yeah but let's do it okay so uh, <clears throat> since we recorded the live episode, we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, – we talked Grace Sports, which is great. And uh, Grace 
basketball continues to thrive. So yep, men are doing well. So are the women. Dominated uh, Taylor this weekend. Yes, the right? men were uh, especially dominant this weekend against Taylor. Um, let's talk NFL. So since we last recorded, the AFC and NFC championship games happened. And so we now have the Super Bowl is set. We have Eagles and Chiefs. Yep. Would you like to uh, go ahead and give us your prediction as to who's going to win that game? I'm taking the Eagles by a touchdown. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't like Patrick Mahone's ankle. That's that's my that's my beef. Okay. That's the touchdown. I think they're pretty evenly matched, actually. Uh, but just that ankle, uh, I'm going to take uh, Jalen Hurts and the mm. and the Eagles. You don't like that pick? No, I'm going to go Chiefs. Okay. I'm going to go Chiefs 27-23. So by four? Yep. I don't know what the spread is. Do you? I have no clue. Okay. Uh, can you check that on your phone without starting another podcast? We'll see. <laughs> okay. We will see. Um, doing anything? Any Super Bowl traditions? Anything you guys are doing? Well, I mean, we often host our life group uh, Super Bowl party, and we are again doing that this year. Eagles by a point and a half. Really? Yeah. Okay. That surprises me. Um, yeah, it must be Mahomes' ankle that's moving that line. I agree. Totally, Mahomes. So, uh, yes, we uh, we host the Super Bowl party for our life group at our home, and we're doing the we're doing the dips thing. Nice. And um, we may be in negotiations with a certain uh, fellow member of my life group and current member of your life group about a particular dish that she is oh, well known for. In additional to because. We negotiated. She's bringing it to ours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So uh, last year, she she made a batch for us in our party as well. Nice. And so I think I think we've managed to secure secure mm. her services for, for that, even if she will not be able to attend. Yeah. Well, I think she's. I think we're hosting at our place in Fort Wayne. Oh wow! So I think everybody's you know gonna gonna load up the car, get ready for an overnight, and uh, and come to Fort Wayne. A big slumber party for the yeah, Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. People are just leaving. Yeah. But it's a long drive. It is a long drive, yeah. Um, so uh, arguably bigger NFL news. I know, bigger than the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady retired he again. Did. He did. Do you think this one sticks? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think he stays retired. So he came back for a year. And lost a ton. And I mean, lost a lot. They were under five hundred, weren't they? Or were they? They might have. Were they nine and eight or eight and nine? They made the playoffs, but they barely. But I want to say they were eight and nine because they were in a terrible division. Mm-hmm. So, and then they lost. Was it to the Cowboys? Yeah, they okay. lost to the Cowboys. Um, and, I mean, it it may have cost Tom Brady his marriage. Yeah, I mean, there's I part mean, of me that goes. He uh, when he decided to come back, he knew his marriage was ending. Right. That was, that's my read of the situation, yeah. at least. Uh, and so the fact that he retired again, it may you know may just be time. He's got a big contract from Fox. He's going to make, I think, in ten years with Fox, what he made in his NFL playing career, that's announcing crazy. football. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, I think he made. I can't remember what he made, but um, he's going to make quite a bit of money. Do you think he'll be good? No. I see. I don't think he'll be that good either. He'll be compelling. Like I, like, I think he'll be interesting to watch on TV. 
it will, it'll be like early Tony Romo. Like you'll see a moment and you'll be like, wow, he's not a professional. Look at what he's able to do. And now Tony Romo has like bottomed out. You think? I heard CBS had an intervention with him to be like, dude, you got to get better. We signed you to a 10 or 15 year, whatever that was. Yeah, but isn't isn't that his, that's his shtick though, right? The The like kind of unscripted, the almost fanboyish, and yet like he gives these, like he's very good at the analysis of, you know, oh, they dropped, you know, the extra safety down into the box. He's auto-building now to a run. He's probably going to, they're probably going to run left. And relatively accurate at, at times. It, I think early he was relatively accurate. I don't think he's been as accurate yeah. or has made some major faux pas. Okay. Because, yeah, I saw the headline, CBS Brass have intervention with Tony Romo. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think Brady will be that interesting. No. I mean, I don't think, who did they have on Fox? Who's on the Fox 1 team uh, before that? Was that, uh, who was the tight end? Oh, uh, Olsen. Yeah. Greg Olson. They had Greg Olson on there. I don't know. Greg Olson's not that interesting to me. Well, it comes down to, though, what are you looking for? What do you want in your color commentator? I have no, I have no clue. I mean, I'm looking for, uh, honestly, who's, who's the guy with NBC that does the great color? Uh, Chris uh, Collinsworth. Collinsworth. I yeah. think Chris Collinsworth does a great job. Get in, make a, make a 10-second point, mm-hmm. and get out. Okay. That's what I want my color guy to do. Hmm. So you're not that interested in, in any sort of analysis. I'd be beyond. more interested to see uh, Brady do like, um, like a show where he's breaking down plays. Here's what I'm looking for here. I'd love mm-hmm. to see him ha- to see a 30 minute episode of him preparing to face the Chiefs defense and a 30 minute episode of him preparing against the mm-hmm. Eagles defense. Here's where I'd expose a weakness. I'd be looking for this. I think that would be fascinating. It could be hearing yeah. him. You know, give, give him one of those big TVs and a oh yeah, you know, you know a John Madden pen and have him circle <laughs> things. Bam. Yeah, he's you know. not going to be the Bam guy. You don't think so? No, that's not Tom Brady. <laughs> Come on. Um, last NFL note: Did, uh, there was the Pro Bowl or what we're loosely calling the Pro Bowl, right? Yeah, I saw a water balloon toss that took place. I didn't watch any of it. I mean, there was a fl- there was flag football. I really actually enjoy some of the skills competitions, like where quarterbacks run around and throw at moving targets and these different mm-hmm. things. I think that's really enjoyable. Wasn't there also a dodgeball competition? Did I see I think a clip so. of that? Like, yeah, Sa- I, I saw a right. clip of Saquon Barkley taking it in the face. I forget who threw it, but like, yeah, the the flag football thing I'm not interested in. Yeah. Uh, the most interesting part of that is was Manning versus Manning. Yeah, Peyton I, versus Eli. I, I didn't wa- not watch any of it. Right. Not interested. I did see a interview with Eli Manning this week where they were talking about this game. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, just sort of off the cuff, who had the longest run, you or Peyton? And, you know, the obvious thought is like, well, Eli did. Yeah. Peyton had a 35-yard run. And wow. do you know what Eli's response to this was? He probably got a delay of game while running <laughs> because it just took so long. Yeah, it's hard to believe he could run 35 yards before someone got to Before him. somebody caught up with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's – But bizarre. anyway, I love that comment. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to NBA. Um, LeBron is closing in now on Kareem's all-time scoring record. I think he's probably two games away now. Isn't that right? He's yeah, like I think he has 39 a game in, points away. Game in, and he's averaging 35, right? 
I don't know if he's averaging that much. He's he's averaging close to that. I thought I thought he was having like a really good year. Not that high. He's not averaging that many points. Okay. I mean, he's I, I think he's upper twenties. Upper twenties. Yeah. I think he's been on a tear lately. I think he maybe you're, maybe you're thinking of a stretch. He had like a maybe a five or ten game stretch where he was putting up huge numbers. But I I think he's thirty nine points away, which is probably two games away. Um. And so. Uh, that'll happen this week. And so Monday he has the trail. No, excuse me. That's next Monday. I'm on the wrong date. Do they play tonight? We're recording on a Monday, so this drops Tuesday. Yeah, let me find it real quick. Um, and it's next weekend, the All-Star break? So that It's coming up. So maybe uh, I, he'll get it before the All-Star break. I think he'll get it before the All-Star break, yeah. yeah. No game today. Surely they play Tuesday then. Um, yeah, Lakers Thunder. On Tuesday. Okay. And then, uh, is it Wednesday or Thursday? It might be Thursday. They're playing against Milwaukee in Los Angeles. Okay. Imagine breaking Kareem's record in Los Angeles against his former team. Against Kareem's former team. Kareem's former team. Yeah. Yeah. Against Milwaukee. There you go. That'd be a fun story. I mean, that looks looks likely. If you're Kareem, do you go to that game? I don't know. I don't know what his relationship is with either the Lakers or LeBron. Like, I've not had the sense that he wants to. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my my impression is that he's a guy that has felt like even though he holds that record, he's been sort of semi-marginalized. Yeah. He's not beloved like Magic mm-hmm. or Kobe. Like those kind of guys. He's he's a next tier down, I think, to a lot of— Like the NBA has him at an arm's length, yeah, sort of bit, speak. Yeah, a little bit in terms of the Lakers. I don't know. He does some TV and some yeah, some movies bit. here yeah. and there. Yeah. Uh, the, the bigger NBA news, arguably, is Kyrie Irving is on his way to Dallas. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, do you think that'll work? Can anything work with Kyrie? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I just have no clue. I mean, he, he's an example of a guy where, you know, we all know these people. They're, they're the people who complain that there's drama all around them all the time. And they never stop to think, well, what's the common factor in all those situations? Mm-hmm. It's you. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie Irving is the Taylor Swift of the NBA. <laughs> right? Uh in that he has multiple breakup songs or that that there's all this drama and all these <laughs> okay. things keep happening to him okay. but you know maybe maybe he's the problem yeah yeah okay that that's probably true it'll be interesting to see how he fits with Luca um and whether he's able to sign a long-term deal with Dallas yeah um, that feels bad yeah i mean i know the lakers wanted him the clippers were after him but i think from what i understand the the Nets were more satisfied with what they could get from the Mavericks in mm-hmm. terms of what they were willing to offer. So we shall see. I, I just don't know. I, what could end up happening is that end up uh, ends up driving Luca out yeah. of Dallas. And oh, if that's goodness. what happens, then that's a disaster. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, also, we'll just make a college basketball note. Uh, I know this is pertinent to a lot of our listeners uh, IU upset number one Purdue this past weekend. I saw weekend. that. Yeah. Yep. 
And um, Ohio State basketball stinks. Mm. Yeah. One and nine in their last 10. They started Ooh, the season. That's not good. They started the season 10 and three. What happened? Uh, they did have an injury to one of their big guys. That's not the reason they're that bad. But I, I don't know. They just can't. Anytime I hear of a team like falling that quickly, I was like, okay, who went out with somebody's girlfriend? <laughs> right. You know, you know, that's sort of yeah, my yeah, for sure. my gut response. Uh, I'm like, uh, what has destroyed team chemistry? Yeah, I'm not privy to the uh, internal relationship dynamics of the Ohio State basketball team, but uh, something's not right there. So anyway, we should probably move on. Are you ready to go? Sure. All right. John, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about uh, the newest publication of Matt Harmon. Yeah. The God Who Judges and Saves, The Theology of Second Peter and Jude. Yes, sir. This this is your newest book? It is. Right? You haven't had one come out since. <laughs> no. This book has come out, right? No. no. I won't have another one come out until 2024. I'll two come out in 2024, Lord willing. Awesome. So I think the format, I'm just going to ask you some questions and we're going to just going to, I have some written out. We could also just dialogue and see where it goes. Sure. Why not? But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, this is an audio medium, but it's a a handsome book. Yeah. The the folks at Crossway do a great job and uh, it's part of a series. So it's consistent uh, with the other uh, volumes in this series. Uh, simple but classic, I think. This is the kind of cover design that someone's not going to look at in like seven years and go, oh, that's that was, dated. That was a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. This is one that will will stand the test of time. So tell me a little bit about the series. Um, I know it's put out by Crossway. I know it's called New Testament Theology, Yeah, uh, their New Testament Theology series. Tell, tell us a little bit about it. And I believe it's a pretty early edition in the series. Yes. So uh, the series itself is designed to give a very basic uh, introduction to the key themes of each book in the New Testament. Uh, This is one of the few volumes that combines two books. Most of the other volumes are standalone in terms of one volume per book of the New Testament. But 2 Peter is rather short. Jude is rather short. They decided to combine them. Um, I think... Uh, the other volumes that have come out so far, there's a volume on Mark. There's a volume on uh, Acts and Ephesians and Revelation. And I might be missing one in there. Are they listed? Mark, Luke, Acts, Ephesians. Luke, that's right. How could I forget Luke, my good friend? Revelation? Ben. Did you say Revelation? I did. That's okay. Tom Schreiner. Yep. Um, speaking of Tom. Yeah. Uh, he's an editor for this, him and uh, Brian Rosner. Yeah. Was it a good experience working with the two of them? Or? Oh, yeah. They're both great. Um, they not that, not that you're just going to jump in yeah, and say, I'm totally start talking smack. Yeah. Like, Tom. <laughs> no, they're both great. Um, very easy to work with. And uh, they, they reached out to me uh, asking me to contribute to this. Um, it's – in one sense, it's uh, – you can think of it as a follow-up. So e, uh, Crossway owns the rights to the ESV translation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I they, they put together a 12-volume whole Bible commentary, and I wrote the entries on Second Peter and Jude. Right. So uh, this is in one sense a follow-up because those are both pretty short commentaries. 
limited in how much you can kind of dive deep into some of these themes. Mm. So this provides a great opportunity to be a follow-up and an extension of some of the things that you can only mention in passing in a commentary format. And so who the audience for this book, is this a scholarly work? Is it for people in the pew, pastors? Like what's the intended audience? Yeah, this, this, is, this is written in a way that it's, it should be accessible to anybody in the pews basically. Um, the, the, the sweet spot is probably the um, – you know, the small group leader, uh, the well-read lay person. The theological curious out there. Yeah, yeah. But it's not something that um, would be difficult for someone who hasn't read a lot of theology to pick up and read, I wouldn't think. It's short. I mean, um, uh, what's it tip the scales at? It's not even 100 and in, in terms But be, before the indexes in the bibliography, I believe I had it at 107. Yeah, yeah. So short – should be a quick read for That's most people. That's a good people. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and if you happen to be uh, stu- uh, preaching through or studying these particular books, this would be a good supplement to a commentary or things like that, or help you with the small, prepare small group material as well. So, I mean, this might be the hardest hitting question I have for you today. Um, <laughs> read through uh, a little bit of it, did a good in- inspectional read. Uh, noticed in the acknowledgments. VNS pod listeners were not uh, thanked. This you, is true. Do you have a response to that? Uh, why not? <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, that thought never crossed my mind. <laughs> Didn't even cross my mind. Can, could we get uh, maybe the next book? I mean, you got to be running out of people to thank at this point. I mean, your boys and your wife again, Matt, really? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, those are pretty much givens. Uh, you know, those those are kind of staples. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to work in that in, in, at least in these next few books. So I'll have to, I suppose I would have to write a book maybe that's a little bit more conducive Mm. to thanking, uh, our, you know, dozens upon dozens of loyal, various and sundry listeners. Yeah. Um, maybe you write a follow-up to asking the right questions called don't ask the wrong questions. (laughs) Okay. And yes. You know, to yes. take it negative. Um, yes. Though, anyway. I, funny story about I, – I, I, I wish I – I don't know if I even was told his name. So we did the live episode about a week and a half ago on campus. Yeah. And that same day, there were uh, – there was a presidential scholarship competition on campus. And um, we went – you and I went to Alpha to have lunch after the episode. And there was a group of parents and their uh, prospective students participating in the competition standing there with one of our student ambassadors, mm. kind of given given the layout. Here's – you know, this is Alpha. You find the drinks over there. The main course is over there, all that sort of stuff. And she sees me, the, the student ambassador, and she goes, oh, there's Dr. Harmon right now. OK. I walk over. <laughs> Hi. How we doing, everybody? You know, doing the, the – the you know the welcome to campus kind yeah, of stuff the, the magnanimous greeting yeah, yeah yeah and one of the dads says I was asking her about you because I love listening to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah has yeah, he left so, a five star review I don't know if he has okay I don't okay know well that would has. be a next step for him yeah so uh, listening out there as well as yeah. letting us know who he is because we would love to yeah. uh, connect and just correspond a little bit yeah. Um, all right, back to the book. Yeah. Um, 
it, again, it's a theology of Second Peter and Jude, the God who judges and saves. That's the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? I, I've seen this all over the place. Why are these two books dealt with together? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they're both short, right? But that's not always a good reason to do a couple of books right. together, right? I yeah. mean, it's not like I think it makes more sense First Peter, Second Peter, do them together, right? Mm-hmm. They're both Peter. Yeah. But why Second Peter and Jude? The main reason is there's a significant amount of overlap in the content that uh, – in fact, there's so much overlap between parts of the letters that there's a lot of debate as to, OK, so did Peter use Jude when he wrote it and sort of borrowed his stuff or sure. did Jude borrow stuff from Second from Second Peter? Um, I, I'm sure some ger- German critical scholars love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's enough overlap that that I think warrants them being treated together in a theology book because that shared section also reveals shared um, concerns about uh, false teachers and uses uh, similar Old Testament examples to respond to those and makes similar points from that, although they are certainly different. Uh, but that's the main reason they end up getting treated together is the overlap of content. Okay. I. You know, I've always been curious about that. I've seen it in a number of places. I think there's a number of commentary series that even deal with them together. Yep. I mean, when you've got a book as small as Jude, it's hard to treat it by itself. Sure. You could sure. probably treat Second Peter by itself, three chapters. But Jude is so small. I mean, mm-hmm. it's what, 25 verses, I think, uh, that it'd be difficult to justify probably treating it all by itself. So it tends to get paired with Second Peter. Yeah. Um, so uh, outline of the book, uh, you have, what, five themes that you deal with throughout? Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what are they? Um, what, was there anything that was particularly encouraging to you as you were reading through this? Or uh, was there anything you picked up that was new as you were working your way through? Yeah. So the five themes are uh, the word of God, the God who judges and saves, false teaching, uh, God's preservation of his persevering people worked in some good alliteration. Yeah, that's great. Uh, And then the new heavens and the new earth. So those are the five themes that each one gets a chapter. Um, I, you know, very much enjoyed working on each of those for their own distinct reasons. Um, Part of what what stands out about, uh, in particular, 2 Peter, is there's a very robust doctrine of scripture. Hmm. For a letter as small as it is, there's a good there's there's multiple references to the doctrine of scripture in there in terms of uh, the sufficiency of scripture for life and godliness, uh, scripture as a human and a divine product together. Hmm. And one that's probably less frequently noticed is that at the beginning of chapter 3, uh, Peter makes this reference to um, paying attention to uh, – let me pull it up here to see. I, I want to get the wording exactly right here. Uh, basically, if I can find the reference, there we go. Um, first, uh, Second Peter 3, 2, Peter exhorts believers to, quote, remember the predictions of the holy prophets – and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Now, when you look at that and reflect on that a little bit, basically I think what Peter is saying is there is a two-fold structure 
to Scripture. I mean, no, no one doubts that when Peter refers to the predictions of the Holy Prophets, he's talking about the Old Testament. Absolutely. That's yeah. a no-brainer. Slam dunk. But then to refer to the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, apostles plural, um, to me suggests that he has in view the, the sort of nascent New Testament that's being written and developed. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be confirmed— when you go later in that chapter, that Peter has this concept of a body of New Testament documents that are regarded as authoritative scripture, because at the end of his letter here in 2 Peter 3, he makes this statement um, that is really quite striking. This is 2 Peter 3, uh, starting in verse uh, 15. Uh, Count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. That might be my favorite line in 2 Peter right there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, good. Peter thinks that there are some things that are hard to understand. Okay, I I feel better. Um, Yeah. Let's see. I lost my place. There we go. Hard to understand. Which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Yeah, clearly putting Putting Paul's Paul's letters in that category of scripture. And so this is one of the earliest indications of this awareness of the apostles Mm -hmm. that they are producing authoritative scripture that their writings should be considered authoritative scripture alongside of the Old Testament itself. Uh, do we got time for a couple more? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I, I was reading through just sections of your false teacher chapter, um, yeah. and I, I've always wanted to conflate the false teachers in Second Peter and Jude into sort of mm-hmm. one group yeah. uh, because, because like you said, there's so much overlap between Second Peter and Jude. Yeah. But you want to see a bit more distinction between that or don't want to rush to that quick judgment. Would Correct. you mind – Digging into that and maybe just giving people a taste? Yeah, I think when you look through what Second Peter is doing with the false teachers, there's much more of an emphasis on the immorality, the personal immorality of the false teachers. Mm-hmm. That part of Peter's condemnation of these individuals is their, uh, is their lack of moral um, – Conformity to God's word, basically. Uh, you also have in Second Peter a denial, or at least a scoffing at uh, the promise of Christ's return. So that sets it apart a little bit from what you have going on in Jude. When it comes hmm. to, there are similarities. I mean, obviously, in one sense, they use the same, you might say, the same remedy or part of the same remedy in terms of a series of Old Testament citations or allusions to uh, to address that. But um, it it is interesting that uh, in Jude, Jude also seems to be assuming his audience is much more familiar with not just Old Testament examples, but examples from other Jewish literature Hmm. outside of Scripture, sort of Jewish traditions. And Peter doesn't have any of those. So it seems like even Jude is perhaps dealing more specifically with a probably a more Jewish audience. Yeah. And Second Peter is addressed probably more likely to a more predominantly Gentile audience. Hmm. 
but still both dealing with false teachers. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really helpful. Um, for this book, what hopes do you have? How do you hope it blesses the church, um, which I imagine is the ultimate goal uh, yeah. of, of, of the book? Yeah. I, I mean, my hope is that uh, somebody walks away from reading this book with a better grasp of the value of both of these letters. Hmm. They're they're regularly neglected. Absolutely. I mean, if you asked most Christians, what are your two or three favorite New Testament books? I'm willing to bet that Jude would probably – Jude and Second Peter would almost never be number one and wouldn't often make the top three for most Christians. Or would just be forgotten as a New yeah, Testament book. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, there's that Second Peter and Jude. Like yeah. it's it, it just – they're not on the radar. But they have so much to say to our contemporary church. Mm. I mean we live in a time where obviously false teaching continues. We live in a time where the authority and sufficiency of scripture is challenged consistently. We live in a time where uh, Christians are prone to put so much energy and hope in the things of this world that they lose sight of the fact that our ultimate hope is in the new creation, the new mm -hmm. heavens and the new earth. And I think these small little letters tucked away in the back of the New Testament have a great opportunity to, uh, to, to challenge us and encourage us to live lives of godliness as we wait for the new creation to happen. I mean, that's part of the reason I wanted to address a whole chapter on uh, God's preservation of his persevering people. That on the one hand, we can have confidence that God preserves and keeps and protects his people. And at the same time, he does that by our keeping ourselves in the love of God, as Jude would put it, and persevering in the faith, continuing to trust in uh, the faith once for all delivered to the saints, as Jude also puts it. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely hear the perseverance of the saints mm -hmm. uh, uh, ringing out in that uh, in that chapter title. Yep. All right, so the book is "The God Who Judges and Saves: A Theology of Second Peter and Jude" by Matthew Scott Harmon. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, we'll have a link in the uh, in the show notes, and it's available wherever you can get fine books. Pretty much, just mm -hmm. fine books, though. Yeah, not less than fine. Not books. less than fine. Yeah. books. Yeah. All right. Well. Doc, we ready to move on to this day in sports? Let's do it. All right. Uh, so today in sports history, uh, February 7th. Where's the time gone, Matt? It's I feel like I say that almost every week. Like, pretty much. Anyway, uh, February 7th, 2023. Uh, on this day in 1972, Dutch Olympic 1500 meter and 5000 meter speed. I already hate this. I already know the name. <laughs> speed skating champion, Ard Schneck. Uh, Schenk. Shank <laughs> wins his third gold medal uh, at the – oh, gosh. Uh, this is unfair. This is before I was born. Uh, Saparao. Sure. Uh, Winter Games, uh, when he takes out the 10 – oh, when he takes out the 10,000 meter? Uh, it must be uh, – that must be taken out. Okay. Or okay. it must be, must be a typo there. Yeah. Good old Ard Shank. Yeah. The, clearly, the achievement is not part of the reason he's on this list. It's, it has to do with the difficulty of pronouncing his name. Yes. Um, yes, I'm attacking your uh, your, <laughs> your integrity a little bit. Um, 1988, uh, 38th 
NBA All-Star Game at the Chicago Stadium. East beats West 138-133. MVP Michael Jordan. Shocker. Of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Forward. Yeah, they had him playing it forward. Interesting. That not, is interesting. Not, not he's a shooting guard. He's a two guard, yeah, right? Yeah, he's a two guard. Okay. Uh, 2010 Super Bowl. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Roman numerals. Um, 44? Did yes. I get that right? Yes. Uh, Sun Life Stadium, Miami Gardens, Miami, Florida. The New Orleans Saints beat the Indianapolis Colts 31-17. MVP Drew Brees. Uh, yeah. That was coming back at halftime and doing the onside kick, right? Yes. To start the second yeah. half. Yeah. The, one of the iconic pictures that came from that Super Bowl is after the game, Drew Brees' little kid, he's holding him. He's got those massive yeah, uh, that's earphones right. on to protect his ears from all the noise and mm-hmm. the confetti's falling down and, you know, cute little kid and all that kind of stuff. Pretty iconic. Uh, clearly, a lot of Super Bowls happen on this day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2016 Super Bowl L50. 50. 50, yes. Uh, Levi Stadium, Santa Clara, California, Denver Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers 24 to 10. MVP Von Miller. So Another that, Peyton Manning game, yeah, right? Yeah. So the previous one, Peyton Manning lost. This one, Peyton Manning won. So that that was his second Super Bowl. He had one with the Colts and one with the Broncos, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, 2021, just uh, last- Two years ago. Two years ago. That's right. It's 2023. My goodness. Uh, Super Bowl 55. Yeah. Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dominate defending champion Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 9. Yeah, that was a shocking game. Yeah. Tom Brady of the Buccaneers is named MVP, and uh, it's his seventh, seventh Super Bowl win. Crazy. My goodness. So out of that list. Not uh, really a good game. Yeah, no, it was it was not a very entertaining game. No, none none of them. All three of them. Uh well, the the Colts um Saints, Saints. was relatively entertaining. But still it's a, ended up being a two score margin there. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you like out of that? I mean, I know you're tempted to go with Ard Shank. I mean, quite frankly, <laughs> just to put that name in the title of the episode, yes. Um, I'm probably at the 2010 Super Bowl. Okay. Where are you? Yeah, I can go with that. Okay. I can go with that. One thing you liked. Okay, I'm so excited to tell you about this because I don't know <laughs> that you know about it. Uh, uh, yesterday, the day before, maybe last week, I don't know really when it happened, the state of New York Attorney General released a piece of paper saying they were investigating James Dolan's facial recognition software that he uses at Madison Square Garden. Did you hear about this? No. Yes, they are investigating the legality of using facial recognition software at Madison Square Garden. Uh, In November, December, a lawyer was taking her daughter and several of her friends to see the Rockettes at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, Her firm was involved in litigation against Madison Square Garden. The facial recognition software picked her up and she was escorted from the building. Because she was part of the firm that was was litigating against James Dolan and Madison Square Garden. Okay. I'm not a big fan of government overreach. However... (laughs) 
if they can get James Dolan out of ownership of the New York Knicks, I'm for it. So basically, it's questioning the legality of being able to use facial recognition software in Madison Square Garden. And and its subsidiaries like Radio Musical. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because obviously, it's perfectly legal for them to have security cameras and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And then and then to kick people out. So people are coming to Madison Square Garden for a basketball game. Right. And they are putting out on Twitter to James Dolan, sell the team. They are being caught on facial recognition software and being removed from the stadium for a game. Yeah. that That's a bad look. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even worse, like removing a lawyer but not her kids at Radio City Musical. Yeah. yeah that's not, terrible. That's a bad look. Um, I am rooting for the state of New York against James Dolan. Uh, this is an audio medium, not a visual one. So good luck recognizing my face upon entrance of Madison Square Garden, Mr. Dolan. Do you have plans to go to MSG anytime soon? No. I mean, you're taking a spring break? No, I am. No, May, May trip. May trip. Uh, season, season uh, I guess season's still going uh, well, at that point. No, well, Prob- if they're in the playoffs. If they're in the playoffs. Well, I'm not affording that game anyway. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, yeah. If anything can get James Dolan to sell that team, I'd be for it. But yeah. So do you think the NBA will, will put pressure on him to, well, the, the state. So uh, I've heard a couple of things. So the state is thinking of, of revoking the Madison Square Garden liquor license over it. Oh. Uh, and so James Dolan took the picture and the home address and the telephone number of the state person that does alcohol liquor mm-hmm. license said, hey, if you're upset about this, call this person. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that awful? Yeah. The other thing I've learned through all this is do you know that Madison Square Garden has not paid property tax in 40 years? In almost no. 40 years. Obviously, some sort of exemption from That's city. right. Could you imagine the property tax on Madison Square oh, that'd Garden? that'd be colossal. Yeah. It'd be colossal. Yeah. That's a sweetheart deal. That is a sweetheart deal. And they're talking about revoking it. Okay. But so, but Madison Square Garden is distinct from the Knicks, right? The Knicks, the, the Knicks don't own, does, does Dolan own both of those properties? Both of those entities, I should say? Yes. As well as the New York Rangers who also play there. Okay. And that's the only reason they're allowed to play there is because James Dolan owns both. Okay. He would have to sell both, I think, for the Knicks to hmm. play there. All right. Which I would be for. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're definitely on record as not being a, a – I am not a James Dolan fan. Uh, who is? Did you know – I may have mentioned this on pod before. <laughs> did you know that if you play in Madison Square Garden like a, like a, like a rock group or a music mm-hmm. group, James Dolan's band opens for you? It's in all the contracts. Really? Yes, yes. James Dolan. And he has great musicians because he pays them. Right. He hires them and he's lead vocals. Wow. So this man is uh, completely consumed with his own ego. It might be beyond that. Like I'm not sure that's a strong (laughs) enough statement. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. And he owns Cablevision. That's where he made all his money. Yeah. I'm just curious about the mechanics of – Forcing him to sell. Like they did it to that uh, to that morally corrupt guy in L.A. The, yeah, the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
that was, I think, re- that was related to charges of racism, though, was it not? In part, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, the other, the other piece is, is the podcast I was listening to about this goes. But he's, you know, he's funding the governor of New York's campaign, and they finally go like, how much did they did he give to the governor of New York? How much money do you think James Dolan gave to the governor of New York's campaign? I don't know. Half a million. I was expecting twenty to twenty-five million. But aren't there limits? Surely there are. I'm limit, sure there's yeah. limits. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But he gave a half million. Like really? Is that that's pocket change for him? Is is that overcoming anything? <laughs> I don't like know. you can't overcome that. I don't know. So uh, my one thing I liked uh, is this past week, my wife celebrated a significant birthday, and we made a big deal out of it. Nice. So um, my part of my birthday gift to her was I uh, solicited various friends, family, etc., to record. Uh, brief video birthday greetings and share something they appreciate about her. Uh, took those, threw in some pictures, some music, edited together a video for her to uh, to mark this festive occasion. So, uh, yeah, that was. And she she a lot had a good fun. time. She did. Loved it. She did. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I felt pretty good about that uh, about did, that gift. So. Did you make a cake? Uh, I bought cheesecake. Nice. That's my go-to now. Yeah, I, me me making a cake is just really not part of the skill set. Were you have you made a cake for her in the past, or have you had cakes made for her in the past? I have had cakes made for her. Okay, okay, yeah, but I I have never baked a cake. Really? No. What was the last thing you baked? Just had it just baked? Yeah, yeah. Not not like prepared a meal. That's cooking, right? But like dessert, cakeish. Pretzel. Boy, I don't even know. I mean, if we're talking solo, I mean, maybe, maybe some like pre made, like basically like cookies that you pull out of the tube, set them on the tray, and heat them up. But that's, I don't think I'd really uh, call that baking. No, it requires no, no effort other than opening the, you know. And washing your hands once they're sticky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. So interesting. I, I'm just not, that's just not my jam. Hmm. I would do it more if it didn't mean I got had to eat all that sugar. Yeah. I I'm a man of limited abilities. You're completely dependent. Yeah. Uh my wife and I do have a very codependent relationship. So that if if one of us dies, the other's going to be in trouble. Uh but uh yeah, I I have a small range of skills. Now, I tend to be really good at the things yeah. that or in that in that set book writing, but when it comes to uh, a, a diversity of skills, that's really not me. I'm not really a Renaissance man in yeah. that sense. Hmm. Yeah. All right, we've talked Super Bowl. We've talked Tom Brady retiring. We've talked Kyrie to the Mavs. Good luck with that. We have talked about my new book, The God Who Judges and Saves. We have talked about Super Bowl 44 and Drew Brees leading the Saints to victory. We have talked about John Sloat's affection for James Dolan. Lack of affection. Okay. And we have talked about celebrating my wife's birthday. And so I think, by definition, 
we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.